Hello, and welcome to another episode of Some Random Thoughts. I'm your host, Ryan Wolkowski, and today I have on the program with me a very special guest. Her name is Elizabeth Bojong, and she is known as Off-Brand Oklahoman on Twitter. You should definitely go check her out. She's a wonderful person. And so, Elizabeth, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're very welcome. So... This episode, really quick, just to set it up, is a revisit episode. So on season one, which you can go check out, I did a bunch of topics. And one of the topics I did was social media and well-being. And that's the episode we are revisiting today with Elizabeth. She is going to give her insights on social media and well-being and whatever else just comes up within the hour. Um, anything that we talk about, that's why the program's called Some Random Thoughts. We can go random on you and it's all and it's okay. But I want to introduce Elizabeth to our audience. So Elizabeth, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you like to talk about and what you're up to on social media. Uh, thanks. Um, so I'll start with what I like to talk about on social media. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I actually love to talk about, um, self-development, uh, theology sometimes, as long as it's not too detailed, as long as it relates to health and well-being. Um, and actually I, I, I should I shouldn't say theology necessarily more more spirituality it definitely transitioned more to spirituality and how that affects our uh, wholeness and wellness. I'm actually I've had a blog for a little while and that's been um, you know taking a little dormant break, um, but I'm actually in the process of um, uh, training for certification to do spiritual life coaching and wellness. And so, um, I, that's actually one reason why I was like, uh, excited whenever you invited me on your podcast, because I was like, oh, this is actually a, um, a really important issue as far as, um, wellness and even spirituality, um, and and how we interact with social media that will more on that later. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so, um, this is just, uh, a really important topic and very relevant. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And so once again, Elizabeth Bojong, you can find her on Twitter at Elizabeth Bojong, I believe. Yes. Uh, she goes by off-brand Oklahoman. And is there anywhere else that we want to find you? You have a website I think you mentioned. What's your website? Uh, www.elizabethbojong.com and I am on Instagram the same so just keep okay. it all my name yeah cool so Twitter Instagram and your website all by your name yes Bojong is B-O-J-A-N-G Elizabeth E-L-I-S yep A-B-E-T-H yes okay so let's get started um Elizabeth, I'm assuming you listened to the episode. Yes. Um, if you did it, it's too late, and you're just going to have to wing it. So, um, but you did. No, don't worry, I did. I, I so thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. The big question I want to pose to you, which I think is going to open up so many different directions, and the question that I posed on the episode was, is social media a force for good or a force to be reckoned with? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a clear-cut answer, but that's just the question I wanted to pose because I think it can just go in many different directions like I said so right yeah in summary and then we'll unpack it do you believe Elizabeth social media is a force for good or a force to be reckoned with 
I will have to say yes. <laughs> really? You just can't pick one? It's just yes? I think that... Um, no, it's okay. Well, it's okay. Yeah, go I, ahead. So I'm sorry to do this, but when you say it's a force to be reckoned with, what do you mean when you say that? I mean, okay, that's a good point. I mean, the thing is, I didn't want to say a force for good or force for bad or evil. I felt like that was too simplistic. Yeah. But when I say reckoned with, I mean, is social media a tool or a reality that has gone out of control so much so that it's produced harmful realities? Has it produced bad qualities that long-term and short-term will move us into a direction that will kind of devolve us a little bit as humans? Or is it still a force for good? Barring maybe any negatives that have happened, is it still more in that trajectory that it's a force for good, we need to keep it, things can be reformed in time, or is it going in the other direction where it might be devolving so much or it might be getting out of our control so much that maybe we should either try to shut it down altogether or just do something drastic to stop maybe some of the ills or the harm that it's caused. That's what I mean by, is it good or is it to be reckoned with? Right, okay, got it. Um, it's interesting because on your podcast, you also kind of pose the question, um, is it, or actually I think you Googled like the top questions yes. yep. and uh, two of them were like, is social media toxic and is social media healthy? Yeah. And um, so I think that's asking like a similar question, uh, yep. actually almost the same question, but just in a different way. Right. And I think um, that it's, it's not actually social media, but it's how the individual engages with social media. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't Why? think it's. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. <clears throat> so there, I think like I was thinking about this a lot whenever I was listening to yours, because um, I know my background is similar to yours as I came from, and I don't know, I don't want to put levels on it, but I came from a, a fundamentalist Christian, evangelical Christian background. Me too. Yep. And I um, in that background, I was given a story. I was given a narrative about life. And there were very clear things that in that narrative that I was raised in, that was enforced not only by my immediate family, but by the friends that we were uh, attending in a part of the church with and the school that I went, went to, like my whole world. Um, I definitely was like an all in Christian inside the bubble um, and so inside that narrative that was very closely controlled, um, I was given, I, I was very, I, I had a clear role in that narrative and I mean, long story short, I'm realizing, or I have realized, wow, everybody has, has been given a narrative, um, depending on where, you know, how they were born or their culture or, or you know, all of those things. And I think that the question for me has been how, like, what is the narrative that I want to tell? What is the story that I want to tell? Like, how do I want to engage in my life? Not based on how other people say 
things are, the narratives and stories of other people, but how do I want my life to look like? And in, I mean, ideally we would all do that as, you know, through adolescence and as we become adults, but, um, I don't think that ideal is very, um, well, I mean, it's idealistic, right? It's not reality. Right. So, um, so connecting this with the whole idea of social media, there are so many narratives on social media that people believe and they, they're bringing as we engage in social media and use it um, that I think if we're not aware of those narratives, we will actually buy into narratives that like that we don't even realize and so some of those narratives to go back to your original question some of those narratives are positive and healthy um and some of the ways that we can engage with social media are positive and healthy and they're for the good but if we almost it, that's either going to be accidentally coincidence universe whatever you might call it um or that's going to be for people who are purposeful about that narrative and, and use it for the good. Um, and, and again, good is very, you know, vague sometimes because they could be using it for their own good, which actually is harmful and taking from other right. people, or they could be okay. using it for the good of like actually believing that they have like a product that's going to help people and bring goodness to their lives. So that's a good um, point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So it's if the people who are aware and trying to use it and what we'll just say, you know, generically, like morally good, like, let's just all say like nice, good things that helps and adds to people's lives. Right. But there are people like the actual platforms, whether or not they, you know, how they began, you know, like in a college to rate how cute girls were like Mm -hmm. Facebook. Right. Like it's morphed into something. It's more, it's a business that people are uh, running and using to make money. So at the end of the day, if we are not aware of that, as we interact and approach with social media, we will be the product. Like, did you ever watch um, The Social Dilemma? That So glad you brought it up because I wanted <laughs> to mention The Social Dilemma. Okay. So let's just jump right into yeah. that. Um, That's why I wanted to challenge you on your position a little bit, because you said, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you said you don't believe it's social media as much as how we as humans use social media. And I wanted to push back and go, is it not social media, though, because if you watch The Social Dilemma, which you have and I have and probably millions of others have, they're making the case that social media actually fundamentally does something to our brains with usage that like shifts our psychology and has like an addictive quality to it, similar to drugs and alcohol and things of that nature. And And so, (laughs) and sugar, oh yeah, sugar, especially. Um, That's, that's one of mine. Um, it does something to us though. And so we can say that obviously we still have to have some human responsibility in how we engage with social media, that it just because it does something to us doesn't excuse our behavior. At the same time though, it does something, at least I'm convinced it does something to us that wasn't there before, that it it does something to our brains that was not there before. And so 
I mean, are you still feeling like it's just a, a, a behavioral condition? Um, is, is it just behavior or is it, does it actually do something that fundamentally changes us? And so does social media, should social media get some blame, get some responsibility for that and how our world is today? Um, okay, so this is, this is actually, uh, that's a great question. But I, again, I'd like to ask you what exactly are you defining as social media? Because again, social media is just a platform and there's people and systems behind that platform that are using it and using people using that platform. So yeah, I do think that um, it's very likely that there is some, you know, something actually fundamentally changing. That being said, it's really easy to talk in theoreticals about what might happen or should happen, but we ultimately only have agency over our own lives. And so sometimes it's like really like, almost satisfying to like rail against like the, you know, like rage against the machine. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I, I have to bring this movie up like the matrix, <laughs> you know, like you can go. Yeah. Like, such a good film. I know. And there's like so many metaphors for it, yeah. but like yeah. you're ultimately responsible, you're responsible for yourself and you have to like, you can work like helping people get out, you know, or help like, like how I was talking before about, being aware of the platform that you're using. I like a lot of people don't, I really honestly believe that like, even though you said like probably like thousands or millions of people have watched the social dilemma, mm -hmm. I, not everybody has who uses social media. Right. And I would guess a very small percentage of people do. And I think that there's still so many people that are so unaware. And so the first step, like no matter who we blame, like we have to take ownership of how we engage with it. And we, I mean, at the end of the day, it still is like a business. And so if, you know, if the government's, I mean, if they're not self-regulating, the government's not regulating, like, like an organic awakening of people is only the only thing that actually will, lead to real change in my mind <laughs> right but hasn't that been the problem though is because of unregulation from the government um or you call it deregulation because it's a deregulated business and an entity and i would agree with you it is a business it is an entity um their sole motivator as most businesses are especially for-profit businesses is to make money and to be accountable to their shareholders in a capitalistic society. So because of that though, because there's deregulation, because, because I feel like there's a lack of accountability or that the government is just now beginning to try to press social media empires like Google, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, on their responsibility for social discourse and actually their responsibility for many other things. Yeah. Um, where does where does the line go so like you know we talk about you know personal responsibility and in the end that it's up to us as humans to be responsible for our actions and our behavior on these platforms at the same time does that let social media companies off the hook or do they still have a responsibility do they still have an accountability to make sure that their tools that they have developed and that they have created does not go off the rails to hurt society more I just feel like, 
you know, it is, you know, it's easy for us to just put all the onus on us as consumers, but it's a little different when we are the product, if you will, which is what the social dilemma was saying that we are the product, right? The data and our eyeballs and our engagement with ads and the bombardment of ads is how they're driving revenue. So in the end, do they have a responsibility or not for our behavior? If they're creating or if, if they're creating or manufacturing that behavior through their business model. Yeah, and that's a good question. And I don't know how to answer it because like the concept of responsibility or accountability, like I I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I don't, I can't. I, I, I'm not the, either. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like I don't, I'm not part of the government. And the all I can speak for is like my own life. I don't really have a lot of control. I don't have any agency over them um, and what they're doing. So holding these companies um and people running the companies, like it would be nice if the government did something or if that they would like do the right thing, you know, and not like get cut, cut, sucked up in like greed, right. but like who, who, who can regulate that, you know? And I think for me, um, again, it's, it's a good question and needs to be wrestled with. But at the same time, at the end of the day, when I like in my internal world, if I try to figure that out, it doesn't actually benefit me or my family, what does benefit me and, and the family, my family and the people that I love is like, actually know like what you said, like knowing that if I am engaging with social media, if I am not uh, using it purposefully, then I am being used by it. There's no middle ground. And Yes, I think, yeah, thank you. I think it is good. I just it's a came good out. word. That was thank a you. Good word as the Christians would say. <laughs> That'll preach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, I, I, I have to be aware of that for my own mental health and also for the mental health of my family. Like I am raising two kids mm-hmm. and they're not on social media yet. They're like six and eight years old. Okay. And even like their image, me and my uh, husband are very, very careful with putting, like we don't put a lot of information about them. We don't do a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, we will like send pictures to my family, like over their phone or something like that occasionally. Um, but like, we don't actually put on social media because it's, it's like this whole new thing that I, one of the questions in your last podcast was, is it going away? And I don't think it is like, it's, it's in the same way that, um, big box stores probably are not going away. Uh, people bought into those for convenience for, um, financial reasons, cheaper, you know, and, and there, there are people, not necessarily quality either, you know, but people bought into these things because there was some sort of benefit to them, right? Yeah. And that's why people buy into social media because they, they, there is some sort of benefit to them. But if in, they don't, I, I really don't believe that many people realize that they are being used by these platforms 
and that they're kind of almost like viewing them as benign um, when they're actually like, if they're not engaging them, like I said earlier, like in, in a positive way and purposeful way, not just like, and I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, just keeping in touch with my friends. Like that's, that's not even a positive way. That's just like a neutral way to me, but like a positive way of being like, this is something that's here. This is something that I can actually, I have something like a product or service that actually will benefit people. And this is what, how I'm going to use this to help people unless you're inter interacting it with it like that. Um, okay. So I'll answer your question straight. Then I guess going to the bit, it is a force to be reckoned with then if at the end of the day, I didn't even realize that that's actually, I, I just came to that conclusion. So it can be used for a force of good, but that is very difficult to do. I don't believe a lot of people are doing that. And at the end of the day, if we are not reckoning or like wrestling or grappling with it, then, um, uh, oh, what is that principle about like how in nature, like nature takes over and like the chaos theory or something where like things don't like go like naturally together and whatever, it's going to get too, too, too nuts. You would know more than me. I mean, I know very little about chaos theory and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on it on this show you know i'll say some foolish stuff from time to time that's that's one thing i'm not going to dive into is that i pretend to know chaos theory on an intimate level but i see what you're saying so you're saying because we don't really have the agency or the power or the influence to be able to cause systemic change with social media enterprises or companies businesses whatever you want to call it we do have agency over ourselves and therefore that the focus needs to be on us not giving the social media companies an out or an excuse or excusing their behavior but more so it's just realistic to just focus on us and how we engage with social media for our own well-being and that we got to worry about our own well-being first before we try to worry about the systemic well-being of i guess others uh, on the platform is what I'm gathering from you is that you're not trying to excuse what they're doing. You're just trying to say, I'm not, I can't control it. And I know I'm not in control of, or, or, or can influence them. So I'm just going to like work on me is basically what I'm hearing. Right. And have conversations like these that hopefully will, um, affect other people and help them realize that this is something that we actually, um, that, that affects individuals on a daily basis in a very um negative way like they're they're additionally in all of this like if we talk about like mental health like like especially yes. with kids but even adults like if you aren't aware of these stories that people are telling you that people are presenting to you on social media and you don't even understand your story as a participant in social media where again the in reality, if um, I'll say my brilliant statement from before, if we aren't using it purposefully, then we are being used. Right. And if we're not aware of that, then, and that's our role on social media, that's our, our role in the story, then you can really get sucked into um, these uh worlds, these stories that aren't even real. And 
that affects your mental health tremendously yeah, in a negative I, way. No, and I'm really glad you brought up the mental health. That's one of the things I'm passionate about is mental health. And it's one of the things I want to talk about is, so when it comes to social media and mental health, you know, a lot of people have different theories. One theory is actually in 2018, I took a year off. I completely disconnected myself cold turkey from social media. So from January 1st to December 31st, I, I did not engage in social media at all. Did not use any apps, didn't log in, didn't do anything. And it was so weird because like the first few weeks, it was like I was having like withdrawals. It was like I was going through something similar to like an addiction, like so an yeah. addict trying to go into sobriety almost. And so it was really weird that I felt like I was in control of my social media usage until I detoxed, if you will, from social media and then realized that my brain was so hardwired and connected with it that it really was using me. I felt like I was being used because the one thing in the first way I noticed was when I was disconnected, I would just habitually pick up my phone for no reason. It wasn't like a text came through or a phone call was coming through or something. It was like, I was just picking up my phone. And then I was like, wait, why am I picking up my phone? And I realized it's because I habitually like, will go on Twitter or go on Instagram. Yeah. You want to be close to your friends. And it's just, I always <laughs> want to know what's going on. It was just like this. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess my question is, because you came up with the wisdom of if we don't use social media, then it's going to use us. In your opinion, what are some ways that we don't allow it to use us? What are some tips, practical things that we can do or that you've even discovered for yourself so that you can try to maintain a good mental health and a good balance between your in real life life and your social media life? Because yeah. you are pretty active on social media from what I see and you have lots of followers on Twitter. And so I'm just saying like, that engagement can get you can get sucked into that kind of engagement as you're growing a following and you're and you're being influential and people are liking what you're saying and they want to engage with you so how do you how have you done it well i wouldn't say i've done it i actually was journaling this morning and i was like yeah i need to um you know i'm talking with ryan about this today and i was like i need to go back to um, I, and this probably will overlap with my first tip. It's not really a tip, but like is awareness, like track how much you're using it. Um, be aware of how you are engaging in social media. Um, and for some people that could just be like, keep a little tally, like running tally of how, how many times you grab your phone. Um, and why are you grabbing your phone? Is it because you have notifications on? Like that's actually one one thing that I noticed with me is like, if I have my notifications all off um, and I like make the phone or make the social media or the people using it to contact me, if I, I, if I don't like hear it or have a little ding or whatever, that's one step that I take. That's like a boundary that I have. Like, I'm not going to um, just like respond every single time I get a message. And one way to help me that help me do that is to not be notified every single time I have a message. So I have zero notifications, like even my email. Um, uh, so awareness of how you're engaging, um, set boundaries for yourself about how you want to interact with it. 
um, and make them clear, you know, um, you just saying generally like, Oh, I want to use it less. Like, look at, if you go through and assess what you actually are doing, less could mean, you know what? I picked up my phone 20 times today. Like tomorrow I want to do just 15, like, (laughs) you know, and 15 might still be a lot, but like actually make it, um, like have like an end goal that you want and just start working towards that direction, but don't do it in a way like that's awesome that you did a cold Turkey for a year, but like people, like you said, like I am, um, like actively trying to build a following because I am getting to the point, like gearing up to where I actually want to like use it for good. Um, and so be part, like, instead of just like doing randomly, um, actually set time for it. Like I have a lot of flexibility in my schedule. I am a stay at home mom. We did virtual school with the kids this last year. And, um, I like have set times where I'm like, okay, after I journal in the morning and have my meditation and whatever, when I'm drinking my morning coffee, I'll just like go through and like try to interact with people and like do, you know, do my thing. And then whenever they have a break, um, I'll do it again. And, but in the evening, a lot of times you won't, or afternoon and evening, I'm like, I'm not picking up my phone because I know that like, I'll get sucked into that, you know? And also, um, sorry, I'm like trying to think if this is making sense. Um, I guess I'll say the, like the last thing I'll say is, um, and I, I might've said this, like the second one, but like when you're making those goals and taking steps towards them, do embarrassingly small steps because the more that you, uh, like, like I said, if you have a year, that's awesome, but most people probably won't. So like, right. like right. be aware of what you're doing, figure out how you actually want to interact with it and then do small steps, embarrassingly small steps towards how you want to be with and just go slow. But, um, what you're doing, you know, like you were talking about, it's an addiction Yeah. An addiction is just an unhealthy habit. And so treat it like a habit, like you, rewiring the pathways, okay. the neural pathways in our brains that, that are connected to our muscles that actually like form these ha- habits. They're like, if you think of it, like, a like a rut or something, um, you have to get out of that rut slowly. And those ruts can be pretty deep. And sometimes it might take a while to fill in those ruts. And so if you make that tiny, small step, like that tiny change, even if it's embarrassing, like I, and I do this in like so many areas of my life, not just with social media, but like, like with working out, I do 15 minutes, like five or six days a week, sometimes seven, I used to try to do like, oh, I'm going to work out for an hour. And it's like, I, I would do it maybe like once a week. And then I would be like, oh, this is so exhausting. I can't do it anymore. Right. Or it'd be like, and then COVID happened, you know? And so I, you know, I stopped going to the gym where I was like around people right. looking at me who would know that I wouldn't finish if I didn't work an hour, but I can do 15 minutes, you know, on a YouTube hit video by myself at home. And it's like, it's nothing to brag about, but do you know what? I do it and it works for me. And so the same thing yeah. with social media, like know what you're doing, be aware of it, take a little while and then be embarrassingly slow at working towards your goal and you'll actually make it there. It just won't be super fast. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate all all of these perspectives because I think that's been the hardest thing for me is I knew it wasn't a realistic like long-term thing for me to just like never be on social media. I tried, you know, was it uh, Jaron Lanier wrote the book, you know, 10 arguments about deleting all your social media. He was on the social dilemma. He's like a computer scientist and you could tell the guy just really loves what social media has become. And he's just like, and he did it himself. And I'm just like, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I for the rest of my life just say I'm, I'm never going to be on social media. I he think I was thinking about that. He probably did that because he made so much freaking money <laughs> off social media that he can, you know, like he doesn't have to use it for business or whatever. Which is frustrating because it's like, yes, he, the guy still has like his influence and he has his he, he has himself set up without having it. So that's what I was going to ask you is that a little bit, I was talking about the evolution of like social media and how social media just started off as like a connection. But I think the moment that it went just from like connecting a person to another person, it turned into, you have like the influencer economy and you have, uh, in all of these different things, it, it became a drastically different thing, right? It, it, it allowed, I think some of the positives is it allowed people who weren't able to get themselves in public, in public spaces before or in a public view before, a lot of public attention, which I think has been great. I think there's yeah. a lot of people who, if not for social media, probably would still be unknown that have graced our society. But at the same time, you know, what's the inverse? I, I was trying to argue, and you can tell me if you think this is wrong. I was trying to argue if everyone can become a public figure or if everyone can, you know, become famous, then what is a public figure then? And what is fame? Like, it, it, does it mean anything? Does it become meaningless? Um, and I don't know. So, so what do you think? So do you think that's here to stay? And do you think it's a good thing? I know you're talking about that you're trying to build up a presence yourself and your work and your advocacy and, and, and the things that you do. And I think I, I guess I am too, you know, I'm on social media, I promote this podcast, and it's going to be promoted on social media. So there you go with me yeah. trying to have this completely ironic conversation. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, is there good to that? Is there, has there been positives, net positives with the, this evolution and, and trying to self-promote and, and get your work out there in, in this kind of way? Well, that's the thing. Like, I think that everybody is telling a story and not everybody needs to hear my story, but I believe that some people do mm. and that that will help people. And also people are telling stories that, um, I don't need to hear. And then some stories, some of those stories I think are totally like false narratives, you know? And so that's why this platform, I think it's, it's not something where you can just like it, uh, we can say who can tell what story and how, I mean, they, they have like some, there's some guidelines, you know, but there's not they're, they're not a lot right. because the thing yeah. is like the, the social media platforms, they make money by people telling stories and they don't care what the story is as long as they're making money. So if people are right. going to be telling stories anyways, yep. you might, if you actually have a story, um, a narrative that can, that can heal someone that can maybe not heal them, but like give, give them hope for healing mm -hmm. or give them a, yeah. a different way to look at the world that is healing for them. Um, or helpful or powerful or empowering or how, you know, like all, there, there's so much opportunity for, for good that, um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's ever, 
honestly, thinking about it now, I'm like, I really think that all the people who were like going to parlor, I really think that they honestly believed that that's what they were doing was trying to create a perfectly good social media because they had, they, they wanted to base it on their values of, you know, complete free speech to no end or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to imagine like what all's in their heads. (laughs) I mean, I think they wanted to create an echo chamber. They wanted to create this. They wouldn't say that. Like, they don't say that. They really think like, oh, this is like a place for freedom where there's no censorship. You you know what I mean? Like they're not thinking that. Yeah, you're right. That's what they were trying to say is that we want a complete unfettered access to be able to say what we want to say, do whatever we want to do with no accountability, no one looking over us trying to shut us down or target right. us no regulation like blah, no blah. regulation right does that so, work though the, do but, we need to create do we need that kind of social media well we it would shut company? down you know like and somebody people are allowed evidently um ugh, i don't even want to say his name evidently trump was like in the middle of like you know starting some social media platform that yes, you know what i heard about that good for him fine okay. i will not be participating in that like i actually do you know what's really funny every single social media account that i've ever had my husband set set up for me because i inherently (laughs) (laughs) why i i tend to be like i like to get out and garden like i like to feel things my background and i still am i still my license but i'm a nurse like i like to touch people to see them to be with them and and anything on the computer, it's always so like, it's, it's very, very aware to me that there is something tangible lacking. And I don't think I'm, I I don't think most, I don't know how many people are like me in that, that are, that's like on the forefront, no matter what they're doing, but like, it's very, I'm very, very aware that it's not um, tangible. There's a tangible aspect that's missing. And right. this actually brings us to that Pharrell article. I didn't yes, know if you wanted I want, to bring no, that up. No, I was gonna. I was gonna close our episode, close this program with that. Uh, so, um, you guys who are listening, so Elizabeth, and before this episode, sent me an article about Pharrell, and part of the article, I think the thrust of the article was talking about like masculinity and how Pharrell is trying to really redefine what is masculinity and what are some of the toxic ideas that he might have learned? How is he undoing those ideas? How is he advocating for a greater understanding of and a healthiness of gender and sexuality? But part of the article that Elizabeth was trying to point me to was he talked about He talked about his social media usage and he talked about his spirituality and the interconnectedness between that. Elizabeth, why don't you set it up a, a little bit better? But he talked about kind of how he feels like there's spiritual warfare in social media and yet he doesn't use that in the traditional term he kind of subverts what he means by social media so why don't you like frame it up a little bit and then we can talk about it as we close how do we integrate spirituality into our social media usage and our well-being all right well um one thing uh, I'm going to probably botch it just, and if anybody's curious, the article was in GQ of October, 2019. You can look it up online. It was like October 14, 2019 by Will Welch. Um, and he, uh, again, I, I like don't have it right in front of me, 
Um, I don't so, either. It's okay. No. <laughs> but he yeah. basically said like, anytime that we um, get on the internet or engage in a social media platform, it's like, we are like, our bodies are in the room that we're in or wherever we're at. And then we are using our words to project our spirit out basically to wherever, um, like through the internet to whoever is there to connect with it. And in that, uh, in that context, it's spiritual warfare. Like your body is someplace, but then your spirit or your attention or your focus or whatever you want to call it is, uh, projected, um, it basically not where you're at. And, and I just thought that concept was so interesting, especially because again, our background, like spiritual warfare was like angels and demons and somehow you're interceding yeah. and praying, right. you know, and so I like, learned it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but really what it kind of, that idea overlaps with this, like there is a narrative that I believe about the spiritual world, that there are things going on, there's forces for good and for evil. And that something somehow I can influence that. Like that was, if you take it down to the bare bones of like the story that I was given, there was that. And if you overlap that onto spirituality using social media, there are um, like forces, maybe not angels and demons, but like, you know, there's like forces that are wanting to use um, your presence on social media for uh, good or positive or needing to be reckoned with as you so gently and nuancingly said, um, I don't even know if nuancingly is a word, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, like, and again, being aware of that story that's out there and your role in that story, the part that you're playing in that story is super important. And then being aware of how you're engaging with that is really important too. So and again, and that, like, yeah, it, it, it like the fact that there's like actual scientific studies about mental health and how if, if used in an unhealthy way, it literally like parts of you become unhealthy. Yes. Like that, I like our bodies, our minds, our spirits are all connected. And so if there's a part of you that's like literally becoming unhealthy because of how you're interacting with it, you know, protect yourself, like take care of yourself and, um, you know, don't trade like your precious health for, um, these little dopamine hits of people possibly liking you or saying something to you, like in this world, that's not actually real. Um, yeah, no, you don't don't have to take it, you know, you, yeah, you don't don't have to take, you don't, okay, so you don't have to take the bait, if you will, or is it, you don't have to take the red pill or the blue pill or whatever, um, calling that the matrix, but (laughs) yeah, so, okay, yeah, and you know, the thing about Pharrell, what he was trying to say there, I thought was just interesting, because, you know, he's trying to say, yes, we're all kind of interacting with each other in this non-physical space, and we're creating warfare and contention, but then we also create, I think, community and harmony as well. It just depends on what kind of spirit, what kind of attitude we're trying to put out there. But our collective conscious, I think, gets affected as well. And, you know, he's, and he seems like a pretty spiritual person because he was talking about prayer and he's saying, you know, we're, we don't really pray anymore where we, we look to, we Google, I think is what he was trying to say is like, you know, we type for answers. We don't, pray for answers. And 
I could take or leave that, honestly. But I get the sentiment of what he's trying to say is too many times I think we neglect our our intuition, we neglect our, our, uh, you know, our consciousness and our own well-being to try to seek external validation. And he was saying, screw external yeah. validation. I'm going to try to find validation within myself and be my most authentic self and live that and put that out into the ethos, put that out into society. And it's not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to concern myself anymore with what other people think because I'm going to live the way I live. And that's, and that's a message I think we can all, uh, you know, hold on to is, you know, it's easy to get caught up in not being externally validated or pretending like people aren't paying attention or people don't value you, but you have to find value within yourself. And that means finding value in your own story. Right. And if you value and you value who you are, you're going to put that out there regardless of what other people have to say about social media, for example. So, um, but you know what? I, I just, uh, we're running out of time, but I appreciate you, Elizabeth, so much. We could talk forever. Um, I appreciate you coming onto this, um, on this program and, and spending a little bit of time with me talking about this. You've given lots of great insight, lots of great pushback that I needed to hear because when I just am in my own brain and I'm doing these episodes by myself, you know, I might feel like I'm, I'm the right one in the room and I'm the only one right one in the room. And I want to like hear other people. I want people to tell me, no, Ryan, like that seems off base or that doesn't make sense. So thank you, um, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Bojong again, off brain, Oklahoman. You can find her on Twitter, Instagram, look her on her website, uh, elizabethbojong.com, right? Is it a dot com? Yep. Yep. And, um, no, just thank you again, uh, for, for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me in. I will say one positive thing about social media is that I got to meet you, so. That's true, that's true. Yeah. So we can't just demonize the whole thing and, and, and burn it all down. I It does have some good, and I hope we can get back to the train or the path where it's not a, a force to be reckoned with and it goes off the rails. Hopefully we can get it back on the rails and. and and do some good with it. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening and for watching. And remember, you only get one life, make the most of it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks.